0: Each floor has different rooms, and each room has different uh, setups. You could have one bed, two bed, a whole bunch of beds, and uh, you can Goldilocks your way through there. Is it? Is, it, is This, this room one's
1: just right. right.
0: Too small or too large or <laughs> just right? Yeah.
1: Get ready. This is Consenting Adults.
0: The conversations you're about to hear are intended for mature audiences. If adult themes are offensive to you, well
1: He's 34 years old, a bit younger than most of the people we talk to. I know that JJ has a live-in girlfriend. He also says he has a secondary DS relationship. Don't know what what the hell that means. And he's a kinky switch. Don't know what the hell that means either. I love it when I have to look something up in the Urban Dictionary. Uh, Why don't you tell us, JJ, what the heck is a DS relationship?
0: (laughs) What the heck are you? (laughs) Uh, DS, dominant, submissive. So BDSM. You might okay. recognize some of those letters from the famous acronym. My current secondary situation. So a switch is someone that is both dominant and submissive. They oh, can okay. be sometimes just dominant, sometimes just submissive. Maybe they switch within a scene.
1: Kind of like a switch hitter. There you go. Okay.
0: There you go. Which has many connotations when it comes <laughs> to <sex. laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, but, you're, but you're straight? Yeah, I'd say so. I'm, I'm a trisexual. I'll try anything.
1: Oh, you're one of those. (laughs) Yeah. Let me ask you about that. Sure. When I think bisexual or homosexual, I'm thinking, you know, romantic feelings Mm -hmm. for the same sex. So with you, I know you're going to try anything. You're one of those crazy young people. But is there any emotional anything? I mean, are you open to sex with the same gender? Sure.
0: It's, it wouldn't be at the top 29 things I'd want to do, but, uh, it's, you know, (laughs) when I'm at the restaurant, I'll order just about anything on the menu, but that's not one of my top choices. If, if I'm, if there's room in the stomach for more food, I will partake for sure.
1: (laughs) Right. Okay.
0: Women are, women are just so beautiful. I love women, their spirit, their bodies, their minds, just everything. I love women so much. I have no doubt that that is my preference. That's okay. 100% sure. Uh, but uh, I would say when comparing nothing at all to a guy or a part of a guy, you know, then there's a more interesting conversation to be had.
1: <laughs> okay, so what you're saying is you would prefer to have sex with women, but if you had to pick between not having sex and then having sex with a guy, you'd choose the guy.
0: It, yeah, so it depends on how long. <laughs> I've been I always I've used this. uh,
1: Oh, you mean like a dry spell?
0: Right. So uh, women are like a feast of a million flavors and men are like stale crackers to me. I will never choose the stale crackers when women are available. But in long spans where I'm, you know, so starved, you know, stale crackers, you know, are better than, you know, coughing up dust. So, okay. (laughs) I also gotta to say too, uh, you you know the term pillow princess. I think if a guy wants me, he's to do ninety-nine point nine percent of the work because I'm not I do not want to lift a finger uh, if if it comes to that. So okay. My secondary partner is kind of a pillow princess and she'll probably hit me for saying that once she hears this, but
1: uh, <laughs> Wait, wait, is she a pillow princess when it comes to having sex with you too?
0: Yeah, I would say so. Well, see, I'm the submissive in the relationship, so um, our style, my style of submission, her style of dominance, tends to fit together like a juicy puzzle piece. Where uh, she likes receiving pleasure, and I like giving it.
1: Let's talk about the live-in girlfriend. Yes, is she in the lifestyle?
0: She is very in the lifestyle. Before I met her, she was not at all, and oh. I fell in love with her. And I was like, "Sorry, this isn't going to work because I'm slutastic, and <laughs> I don't know that I could ever do long-term." monogamy and so there's a period of a few months where we're both like this sucks and then she went to a sex party with me and she's like no this is even better so oh (laughs) so that worked out
1: so you converted a vanilla huh
0: now it wasn't by intention it was just by you know
1: introduction just
0: osmosis yeah she (laughs) she hangs around and
1: yeah. Okay. Not you, not only do you enjoy sex, it's kind of like your life. I mean, you know, you're a sex podcaster. Indeed. Sexy show, sexy with an IE. Yes. You love interviewing particularly women. You're always hitting on these women, JJ.
0: <laughs> well, it, I like to think of it more as uh lifting up their spirit. And if, uh, if they feel any sort of sexual appreciation in return, then (laughs) I am lucky to have that, uh, reflect back towards me. However, you know, I, I'm attracted to their minds as much as their bodies because all these guests, usually they're in different cities. So.
1: Okay. So he does this sex podcast and he also is a connoisseur of sex parties. Indeed. You've been to many. Yes.
0: I have. Yes. I've, been to, I don't know what the count would be at this point, probably over 120 different parties.
1: When you say sex party, what are you actually talking about? I mean, is this like at a club? Is it at a hotel? Is it at someone's house? All of those things.
0: So uh, the one that I frequent the most frequently tends to be at a rented out house that's multi-floor. And each floor has different rooms and each room has different uh, setups. You could have one bed, two bed, whole bunch of beds and uh you can Goldilocks your way through there. Is it is it is this, this room, one's
1: just right. Right.
0: Too small or too large or just <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: So like whoever runs the party rents a house and sets it all up.
0: Yeah. Disclaimer though, you don't get eaten by bears at the end. Um yeah, so
1: <laughs> unless you want to. <laughs> right, this right. is not like an Airbnb rental, is it? No, this this particular
0: location they go to a lot, I think it's they usually throw parties, just the majority oh, of them are okay. sex parties. Another space they rent out is a dojo. Is like, a, it's like a kids karate studio or something. <laughs> are so, you kidding me? Yeah, I'd hate to be the janitor there. But
1: oh yeah. gosh. Okay, so now let's get into these parties. Okay. Are all sex parties created equal? Are they all kind of the same, or do they have different levels of whatever? Excellent question.
0: The one that I go to, I can elaborate on that one the best. And that I would say is, have you heard of the Burning Man crowd? Yes. Yeah, so burners. I would say the heart of that party is the Burning Man crowd. They're the inner core of that planet. But the majority of people who attend the party, I would say, are from all walks of life that wouldn't uh, equate themselves as modern day hippies. They'd be maybe people in finance or doctors or whatever. This party is also more couple heavy, where it's not a swingers party, where that's almost exclusively couples, but I'd say a typical breakdown would be, let's say 120 people show up, all but maybe 20 of them are couples, either girl, girl, or guy, girl. And then there are maybe one to five solo men, and then the rest are solo women. And uh, this particular party is way way more female-centric. People who love women tend to come to these parties.
1: Where are these women coming from? Because all of these couples I talk to Tell me how hard it is to find that single female.
0: Well, the, the party by design, the, the people who run it, and that's kind of, at least in New York City, the New York City scene, I think the way that they kind of compete with each other, friendly compete. A lot of the people attend other parties that are thrown there as well, but they kind of try to get a different niche. They were, some are more for the polyamorous community, some are more for the modern day hippies, some are more of the swingers. Um, some are more kink-friendly, et cetera. Um, with this party that I go to a lot, uh, chemistry, I, I insist anyone who's in New York goes to chemistry when the uh, global pandemic isn't still ravaging us all. We can ravage each other once that ends. <laughs> uh, at chemistry, they tend to make sure that the numbers, when people show up, are already very heavily female. So mm. they have probably a mailing list, I would guess over 10,000 at this point. This is me just guessing. Wow. And yeah, because they've been around for about 14 years, I think, at this point. Uh-huh. And there are a lot of probably inactive people on the mailing list. But.
1: Right. But then if you're talking about, say, 120 people out of thousands of people, is, is there like a cap on, like, do you have to RSVP to go to the party? Do they keep the size down so that you don't have?
0: Yeah. So family? that's that's in general. They, they have a general idea of how many couples they want, how many solo females they want, how many solo ah. men they want. And they have this, because they've been around for a while, they have a large pool of people to choose from. Mm. And, uh, it, you know, it's usually very competitive, first come, first serve for the tickets and stuff. Now, I host the Icebreaker Games there, so... Uh, oh. <laughs> so... Well, wait,
1: what? Give me an example. What do you mean? So, so like, okay, so let's say Vanilla Lena comes to this party. Yes. Okay. That's a fun time to a And... You go inside and it seems like just any other party. And then you're the guy who's kind of like running the entertainment.
0: So another disclaimer, my ass is usually hanging out at all points in this party. And that's, okay. how, that's how people tend to find me at this party. It's kind of uh, like the lighthouse beacon that uh, keeps, <laughs> keeps people safe on the, the cloudy nights. Um,
1: <laughs> you look for JJ's white ass.
0: Yeah, basically. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh Super pale. Uh, no, but I, people <laughs> know me as the butt guy and I, am known as the professor, if you will. Um, and for people who come early to the parties, wow, can it be awkward? Like middle school dance phase, people walk in and they're, you know, they might be, you know, pissing themselves. They're so scared for the people who come early and the people who come early. I find them. I'm super duper social. I'm a sextrovert. So I come right up to people and I you know, get them relaxed and I get us all to play a game that's like flirting where you don't actually have to put in any effort.
1: Is it always a different game?
0: Uh, it's usually based around the same concept of, you know, Family Feud, where um, you try to guess the most popular answer to questions.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: I ask the questions live where people, they show two cards. One card is how they'd answer for themselves. And the other one is what they think the popular answer is going to be in the group. Since they're all answering at the exact same time, you find out right on the spot what the popular answer is.
1: Okay. Give me an example of a question.
0: Sure. Um, Usually there's A, B, C, D choices, and they're all opinion-based questions. So a classic example would be, my sexual spirit animal is A, an albatross, B, a baby giraffe, C, an alligator, or D, a whale? And then people have to choose. Wow.
1: (laughs) Wow.
0: Well. That is one hmm. of the tamer questions, too. They get very wacky and bizarre.
1: Interesting. I'm still thinking. I'm between C and D is what I'm thinking.
0: Okay. Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, I can't get my head around the whole giraffe thing, but
0: okay. (laughs) They can get their head around you, though. Sorry.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So JJ runs the Icebreaker Games, uh, and this is one of New York City's largest um, sex parties, right?
0: I believe so. Yes, depending on the space, sometimes they'll do a Friday, Saturday, Sunday party at a smaller space, so they'll have the mm-hmm. same amount of attendees split between three days. But in their larger spaces, they've had they've had up to three hundred people uh, at one party before. Usually, they do a two night where it's about one hundred and thirty at each.
1: What Does it cost couples something to be able to go to these parties?
0: Yeah, a not-so-ugly penny, we'll put it that way. I know that for me, I have not checked on the actual prices in a while, and they might be very different post-pandemic when I assume people are going to be very anxious about that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Sex parties in general, I think post-pandemic, you're going to get some nice deals, I think.
1: I've talked to a lot of couples who cannot wait to be able to do something again because... I mean, the pandemic and being locked down and having to, you know, social distance is hard for everyone, but especially hard for the people who, who like really need this, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just a normal, like, you know, when you're normal, and I hate that word, so I don't mean it the way other people mean it. Mm. But if you're just a regular vanilla couple, so you're locked up at home with each other. Mm. But when you're one of these people who needs to interact with others, right? Where like you crave sex with other people as well. Pandemic's been really awful for those people. Yeah. Um, how's it been for you?
0: So I do consider myself a master of the masturbatory arts, and that's helped me <laughs> considerably this past year. But I'm in the middle of my current uh, longest dry streak of no new partners, and it's quite uh, the mind hump, if you will. Yeah. And I'm uh, trying to get over it because in the Venn diagram in my life of you got friends, and you have people that you fuck. The middle section for me is very large. Usually, I have very strong friendship bonds with people that are either partners with me or my girlfriend, or both, because she's bisexual. She loves women too. And uh, those people, some of them have moved away from the city. That's related to the pandemic. Some mm-hmm. of them naturally get into uh, monogamous situations, which happens with the lifestyle Sometimes they'll be, you know, very slutty when they're single, and then sorry. Uh, I miss the parties because my social life, that was, that's like really how I found my closest friends and partners.
1: For, for most people who will be listening to this podcast and, and, and not watching it, JJ has a stripper pole behind him. Indeed. Next to his bed.
0: Yes. Installed by a stripper.
1: Wait a second. Is that lotion on your, um, nightstand? (laughs)
0: You know, just off screen, I have things that are 80 times worse than lotion, but probably because it's, it's a dry season and uh, our skin gets dry lately.
1: Well, I also spot some hand sanitizer, so I am just happy you're, you're being safe.
0: <laughs> yeah, um. I, sh- I should have I brought all my sex toys out to display to you in the background. Do
1: you have a lot of sex toys?
0: I'd say so. Not the most you've ever heard of, but way more than the average person. Really? Yeah, I just got five new ones the past month.
1: So when I talk to women, you know, it's the, the regular run-of-the-mill female sex toys. What kind of yeah. stuff do you have?
0: So have you heard of a neon Wand? No. That's a fun one. It's, what is it, it? It basically gives you a little electric shock whenever you touch it to someone's skin.
1: And it's fun? You like that?
0: <laughs> it is fun. Uh, True story. One time I left it in a hotel and me and my girlfriend were having a threesome with the partner at the hotel next door to where I lived. And I left my neon wand there and I couldn't get back into the room because I already checked out. So I had to call them and be like, hey, I think I left something. They're like, what? Uh, An electrified sex toy. Okay, we'll mail it to you. Where do you live? Right next door. (laughs) That was fun.
1: Okay, so the neon wand, what else do you have?
0: Yes, uh, we got strap on harness. We got a double leash. I have uh, plenty of butt plugs and...
1: Oh, can I ask you a question? Because you you seem like the perfect person to... Well, maybe you're not. I don't know. (laughs) Because I've always wondered. And last week, I talked to a porn star and totally forgot to ask her. Yeah. But I never knew. I I still don't. What are butt plugs for?
0: What are they for?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, okay, so...
0: You won't believe this, but they actually are meant to plug butts. I know it's no, a little no, no, out no. of the box. Yeah, yeah. No,
1: stop. <laughs> what I mean is, okay, this is how vanilla and I don't know what the word is, How maybe how stupid I was. Oh, no. I honestly thought... But plugs were like uh, sinker stops where, where you actually use them because you can't control anything.
0: Oh, um, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they help with that condition, but that's an awkward talk with your doctor when you get to the hospital.
1: Right. So, but then what, uh, do people get something out? Is there a thing there? A sensation? Is there a...
0: Absolutely. So... Really? You have nerve endings down there, right? Your sphincter, it can feel things. It can be aware of things. Well, those those sensors down there can experience pleasure. And butt plugs, what they do is they kind of keep they keep touching the pleasure sensors around there, both on the inside and mostly on the outside, I would say. And while you're experiencing pleasure in other places, butt plugs, they add extra sensation. They make your brain and your body think about other areas being pleasured. It's like Kissing's great, but then kissing while having your nipple rub feels great. Kissing while you're having both nipple rub. And you you just have pleasure buttons down there, and the plug plays with it.
1: I'm not sure I still understand it, but I mean, I, I'm just not sure I get it yet. But they As don't a- move or anything. They just kind of sit there
0: so they can some people like the feeling of movement going on inside them so they'll some of them they'll have like little balls on the inside so there's like a little rattle sensation that goes with it um and that can be pleasurable to some people men have a prostate and if they have a butt plug that hits the prostate that can be very pleasurable for a guy for people who love the sensation of being filled i know women who love dp or love it in the ass when they have a plug-in it uh, gives them that sensation and it's, it's naughty, right? People like being naughty. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll get through this.
1: Hey, hold on. <laughs> I'm to <gotta> do some <laughs> stretches right now. <laughs> Everyone do them together. I'm doing them right now. You're doing exercises right now. Oh, yes. Do men, do men have those exercises that they can do?
0: My exercise routine is I'd say 80% shaped on me being good in bed. So I I try to get the (laughs) muscles that cramp the most. I I focus on those.
1: And you're only 34. You sound very experienced for, and I know that you don't think you're that young. You're Mm. young. I appreciate that. And you've got so much experience. I mean, were you always okay with being this open about sexuality and this open about exploring new things?
0: I'd say my body always was. My mind took a while to catch up. I think the way that most of us are raised, the level of sexual enthusiasm I have can be off-putting when you're inside that body. And you're like, whoa, why why does this matter so much? And it took me a long time to be like, oh, it can matter. Just communicate clearly.
1: Does your family know that you do this?
0: So one of the reasons I actually do a sex podcast is because I don't have the kind of familial restraints that a lot of people do. They have to be hush hush about their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I, I won't say fortunately or unfortunately, but by circumstance, all four grandparents, both parents have passed away at this point. And I have one immediate family member left, my sister, and she is supportive. Although even if she weren't, I probably would still take the leap, but I feel an obligation to all the awesome people I've met at these parties, swingers, open, not monogamous kinky, queer, whatever, that I want to be a little louder for them, for people that have to be quiet. Um, but my girlfriend's family, which I hope to marry into someday, they're very Catholic. Uh, she's uh, born and raised in the Philippines, and they have, they have oh. a huge Catholic family, so that should be fun.
1: <laughs> okay, now I have to ask you this. I didn't know she was a Filipina. Yes. This is going to sound so awful but this show is totally not about being PC, okay? Sure. Every guy friend I have who have been married to or involved with a Filipina mm-hmm. say they're like sexually deviant.
0: <laughs> I would I would venture a guess that that has a lot to do with the Catholic culture because I believe Catholic women in the US the same kind of thing you that you have the more of that repression and I think it just the more you try to repress, the more it comes out, and that would be my guess. Yes, she is uh, she is kinktastic. She's sluttastic. She's amazing. I do wonder how much of that is because of her very religious family.
1: I think you told me off camera that uh, you like this is like serious girlfriend. Like you, you want to get married and have kids, right?
0: Oh, for sure. Yes.
1: Like, is this just a normal part of life is to be this involved sexually with others or, you know, or in that environment? Or is there ever a thought that, you know, when it's time to, quote, settle down Mm -hmm. and start a family, do you pull back or no?
0: I think due to time constraints, there will probably be a bit of pulling back. But I do not think at all that the desires will change or the I don't think I don't think it'll change beyond the lack of time able to to partake everything will still be behind a closed door that your kid won't be witnessing it, it isn't any different than a normal couple that has you know traditional sex when they close their door and their kids not there the only difference is we have different people and 20 more toys
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> um what is some of the wildest things you you've done
0: so I actually wrote some of these down because I knew you'd ask this question.
1: Oh, you've been you've been listening to the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have. I've listened to about eight episodes thus far. Nice. Yeah, I'm a fan. Um, <laughs> so one of my favorite positions I try to get at these parties when I'm there, I call it the J train. <laughs> and that is a position where I'm lying on my back and I have a, a woman riding my dick, a woman riding my face, and a woman seated in between those two just along for the ride. And <laughs> as someone who loves women and butts, it is pure heaven to just have six different cheeks that you can just <laughs> squeeze between and the women are enjoying each other. They don't even have to pay attention to me. Uh, it's, uh-huh. it's so great. Uh,
1: so that's your ideal, huh? That's like ideal position for you. you that's love my that.
0: favorite position. I, as far as wildest, I've gotten, uh, I did a, I got a quintuple blowjob at one point. Uh, what? Wait. <laughs> How? That was my my thirty third birthday. Um, they had to kind of alternate, as you'd imagine. Um, sure. Yeah, just for the mechanics of it. Scientists haven't worked on how we can make that happen, but we've got our best men on it, and women. Um, I was I was on a Playboy reality show. That was pretty wild. Oh. For one episode, yeah, with my so my ex, who the uh, stripper pole installer. She was an exotic dancer, and she was the one that I got into the lifestyle with. And part of our getting into that lifestyle was uh, being flown to Las Vegas to a mansion full of swingers to experience the swing lifestyle and decide Mm -hmm. if it was for us. Spoiler alert, it was.
1: It stuck. It stuck. It did indeed. Is there anything that you fantasize about that you haven't been able to do yet?
0: Yeah. I mean, if you can fantasize about it, I have. Uh, one that comes up, that I think a lot of this comes down to scheduling. I would love to be part of the gangbang. I'd love a reverse gangbang where it's me and a bunch of women and they physically overpower me. Where even if I tried to fight back, I couldn't. They're going to
1: smother you. They're going to smother you.
0: Smother me and they do whatever they want. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that'd be amazing. <laughs> You're so predictable.
0: Okay, I could do some uh, less predictable ones. <laughs> I've actually I've never uh, been with a pregnant woman. I would love to uh, try that out.
1: Oh really? Um, there's a kink with that too, isn't there?
0: If yes, I mean there's yes. that's a lot. There's to a kink to everything. Yeah, there's yep, a kink yep. for everything. When my girlfriend and I eventually get married, we've dirty talked about her fucking another man on our wedding night. I think that's oh. pretty kinky.
1: So then. Have you, um, you said you're a trisexual, so have you been in a situation where there's another guy involved?
0: There there have been a lot of situations where it's me watching my girlfriend with another guy.
1: Right. But no interaction between you and the guy? Limited. What's limited? So what was kind of
0: hot, one time it was four people. It was my girlfriend and the guy were the focus, but it was a a pro-dominatrix that was also our friend and partner. She was kind of dominating me while they were playing around, and she wanted me to physically grab his stick and stick it inside of my girlfriend. It's kind of like a, a power move. Um, that, was, that was pretty hot. In general, the male body isn't a thing I go for. I, I'm like, ah, okay. That being said, if I'm involved with a woman where that's something she's really into, mm-hmm. that can uh, rewire my brain. Where oh. I can follow her enthusiasm as a way to like serve her or something like that, I guess
1: you could Oh, say. oh, so then that brings up an interesting an interesting point. So if you are the submissive, let's say, mm-hmm. okay, and the girl is dominant and the girl wants to see you doing something to another guy, you would do that.
0: Yes. And there's a few asterisks in it. And one is that the guy again would have to do the majority of the work because I I, being the proactive party, I think again, I'd be more of a pillow prince in this case. Um, So the guy would have to be really into it, but also the woman would have to be really into it because especially, I don't know if it's especially in the lifestyle, but in general, a lot of women are proactively turned off by two men doing things. So we whittled down the options very quickly to who was actually at least neutral on the subject. And Mm -hmm. then you have to find a guy and a girl. So all those asterisks tend to add up, but in the in the hypothetical, oh yeah.
1: Okay, so this is only hypothetical. You've never had a guy do anything to you?
0: I have, so this is, gonna get, <laughs> we're gonna get vulnerable. We're gonna get very- uh, Okay,
1: let's do that. Yeah,
0: um, I have wondered when I was younger uh, if I was a sex addict, because when I would go long periods of time without having sex with women, I would uh, reach out to random men And I would do stuff with them even though I didn't like it as it was happening. But it was Uh, better than nothing. It was better than nothing. But when I would interact with them, I didn't even like to look at them. I wouldn't look at them, I wouldn't touch them. I would just want to be used and then and then I would just move on. And then I would just like, you know, try not to think about it. So that has been the extent of my interactions with men. And now that I'm not in as desperate of a situation, let's say. Because I'm in a dry period, uh, dry period right now. But now that I'm not in that position, I'm wondering you know how much of that is based on the upbringing, how much of that is based off of uh, its relation to a potential sex addiction. And maybe it's just because of the relation to it that there's this re- re- uh, repellence that I have to it. I don't know.
1: Um, d- were you sexually active pretty young? Did you start young?
0: Yes, I would say so for sure. How, how old were you? Do you remember? Uh, my first orgasm was at 12, but I was definitely getting hard way before that. And I remember playing with my action figures when I was a little kid and like huh. getting hard when they were, again, shows I'm kinky when there was power struggles in the fights, like one would throw another off the cliff, then he'd crawl up and throw him off the cliff. And I was like, <laughs> I get aroused by it. I, lo- I love the, the power dynamics that play. Oh,
1: very interesting.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Okay, so you do this show called Sexy Show, Sexy with an IE. Yes. Interviewing different people. Why do you do this? Other than it's clear that you love talking about sex, right?
0: I want people to, I want to make it more normalized and common for people just as they talk about food. How food is so great and people call themselves foodies because they love food so much. Let's talk about food. Let's make food together. That's why it's sexy, S-E-X-I-E, foodies got for food, sexies for sex. People that are just so enthused about it, it's not attached to necessarily an addiction or a perversion, it's just an enthusiasm and happiness. I'm hoping that by getting these conversations into a more public arena, that there will be less judgment overall and people be able to you know, live as themselves more freely. <laughs>
1: You can find JJ on his show. It's called The Sexy Show Podcast. That's sexy with an I-E. All right, next time on Consenting Adults, two couples take the risk of going on what's called a hot date, but all's well that ends well.
0: They walked into the bar and I thought, yes, we're off to a good start. Because sometimes you don't <laughs> quite know with these hot dates. It might not be somebody that you've already kind of vetted or spoken with online Mm -hmm. so again like it is a little bit of a risk or it can be a little bit of a risk but they walked in they were both attractive and awesome and fit and young and fun Mm -hmm. and so that was encouraging
1: all in and of itself that's next time on consenting adults